You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, if you've been listening to the show and you've been loving the content, loving the guests, and really appreciate all of the work that's happening in the Money Nerds community, then do me the biggest favor and leave a five-star review. If you leave a comment, it tells me exactly who's listening in, what you like, and what you don't like, and all of that feedback means the world to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. I think there's a lot of power in doing small things to bring in a little bit of extra income. So whether that's maybe just flipping furniture like I do, or getting a part-time job, which is not always fun, but sometimes needed, to maybe even starting an Etsy shop. I think a lot of this stuff comes down to your ability to hustle. That's what's going to determine if you reach your financial goals. That's why I was so excited to talk to our guest today about Etsy shops and what this looks like. Etsy's a platform that allows people to profit off of their creativity. Maybe that's like a physical good, or maybe it's a service, or maybe a digital download. Um, Maybe not so much a service, but definitely digital downloads. It allows you to build up a passive, or as I like to call it, a residual income stream, where you do the work once, you upfront the work, and then you can start to make money longer term over your hard work. It's a really cool platform. It's a really great way to go. When I was thinking about who to bring on to talk about Etsy shops and how this stuff works, there was no person that I would rather have chatted with than Kevin Jones. Kevin is a total rock star. He's the founder of Debt Free Happens. It's a website where he and his awesome wife, Erin, created a way that they could inspire and motivate others and help them get out of debt by jumpstarting their financial success. And honestly, Kevin and Erin both believe that you can be successful with your finances too. That's what their whole website is all about. Their goal is to create a community and help encourage others on their own personal journey. So whether you've already been pay- began paying off your debt or maybe you haven't even started and you're like, where the heck do I begin? 
that website will help you find some inspiration and some support. Now, here's the one of the cool things too. After listening to a podcast episode, Kevin was inspired to start his own Etsy shop. It's called Modern Printable Shop. So all one word, Etsy shops are kind of weird in that way. And he initially started selling digital downloads. These were all financial digital downloads, specifically debt thermometers. So you can track your progress as you start to pay off your debt. It was a really cool way to go. And back when he and I first chatted, he was sitting at about $500 per month. Now he's bringing in over $1,000 per month of passive income. This is a digital download. What this means is somebody can go to the website, they can purchase the debt-free thermometer, they download it immediately. Kevin doesn't have to do anything. It's all taken care of through Etsy. It's a really, really beautiful model. And I wanted to share this with you guys because I think there's a ton of potential for all different industries and lots of different sectors. So in this episode, here's what we're going to cover. We're going to go over what paying off $107,000 in 33 months looked like for Kevin and Aaron and how they did this. They share some tips for others in a similar situation. Their debt-free story is really it's foundational for their entire business and their entire direction in life. So it's really important to understand their background. We talk about starting an Etsy shop and Kevin's recommendations for your products, what you can choose to sell. We talk about surprisingly successful Etsy shops. These are ones that I was kind of at least a little bit shocked by myself. We talk about those first steps to take when opening an Etsy shop, the importance of designing a good shop and how to do that without formal design experience. We talk about strategies for listing your products, Etsy advertising and why Kevin's a big fan of it, choosing the right keywords. Etsy is very much an SEO kind of platform. We talk about how to measure the successfulness of your product and what to do if your product isn't actually selling. We also talk about Kevin's challenge for Etsy first timers. This was such a fun episode. In fact, one of the things that I think is so important is continually learning from people who know what they're talking about and are getting results. And if you were interested in taking an Etsy shop course and you want to figure out how do you actually generate some passive income from your part-time work, then the best course, in my opinion, that I've seen is through Gold City Ventures. This is with my friend Julie. And what Julie really does is she breaks down how do you create an Etsy shop. She's done this herself, selling bridal bachelorette party type of printables. And she was even the inspiration behind Kevin's store. He learned a lot from her and he's definitely going to enhance some of the education that you learned throughout this episode. He is a guest speaker for the course. It's like the best of both worlds. I think it's an incredible bargain. If you want to get your hands on the course and you want to go through it, maybe this is your like winter project is to get your Etsy shop off the ground right in time for the new year, then go to WhitneyHanson.com slash gold city. And that is how you will get your hands on the course. Guys, I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Kevin Jones from DebtFreeHappens.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today I'm joined by one of my in real life friends, believe it or not, Kevin Jones. Kevin, thanks so much for hanging out. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I always laugh. I I tell everybody, I'm like, I have so many friends, but I've never met half of them. But we've actually connected a few times in person. So it's super exciting to chat with you. Yes, it makes it so much easier to, to have met the person. And I think we actually talked first online before we met and uh even when we talked it still felt like we were friends um mainly because i probably heard you on other podcasts than your own podcast so you (laughs) know it's funny 
Yeah, usually it's not a two-way conversation. Usually it's kind of a one-way conversation. And then you meet that other person and then you realize, like, they don't know who I am. I've been listening to them. (laughs) I know them, but they don't know me. So (laughs) It's like the total creepiness of the real world. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that a lot, too. People are so funny about that stuff. They're like, oh, I know your voice. I've never met you, but I recognize your voice. I'm like, I think that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? But I love that you have been involved with personal finance for quite some time. And we're definitely going to talk about your Etsy shop. But if I understand correctly, your Etsy shop and all of your success that you found from that came from trying to hit some financial goals. Is that the case? Yeah. So we had, you know, a general backstory is that we paid off $107,000 of debt uh, in 33 months. And that we started about eight years ago, roughly. And at that time, it was just to pay off the debt. Then we kind of moved into another phase where we focused on saving up for a house and mm-hmm. and um, and kind of this transition where we were expanding uh, after that. Then about two and a half years ago, I started a blog, Debt Free Happens, and, and we also went down to one income. And so we were looking for additional side hustle income, essentially. So the blog wasn't quite doing it, but I did have some resources on the blog that I realized that I could sell on Etsy. And why not take a chance with uh, with doing that to bring in some income? I mean, even like twenty dollars would have been a big deal at that time. So for sure, uh, it was really a small thing that we started, but it was just trying to generate uh, you know some side hustle income for to kind of make up for the fact that we only had one main job income and the other person was staying home. Got it. Got it. Okay, I have to dive in a little bit too. So one hundred and seven thousand dollars, <laughs> and it took you guys about eight years. Is that the case? So it was 33 months to pay it off. So we started about eight years ago. Holy um, smokes. But it's been about five. We actually just had our five-year anniversary since paying off the debt. Oh, congrats. Yeah, thank you. That's incredible progress. So 107000 in 33 months. Most people can't even dream of paying off three grand in one year. And yet you guys were able to really hustle your way through that. Any tips for somebody that's trying to pay off debt and is maybe in that messy middle side? You know, for a long time, I I was absolutely in that in that boat of well, that's just not even possible. Um, but you know, through listening to, at that time it was Dave Ramsey. You know, yep. he was in my ear every single night, and uh, and and Sexy, mainly man. hearing people, you know, call in and and share their debt free story. And even in the beginning, I was very hesitant. I was very, um, uh, I wasn't really excited to hear people have success financially. But over time, I started to realize that. I was more like them than not and uh, and that it was possible. So I guess the big tip is just find that way, find something that you can kind of resonate with and, and one, listen. Uh, and then two, it's just that moment when you actually believe you can do it. It's Those are always the inflection points that I found that have kind of been the turning point from one, uh, you know, financial kind of goal to another financial goal. I think it's important too, and you hit on something that I want to dive into a little bit more. And that's that whole concept of when you hear other people's success, it either is a total turnoff or it just makes you feel like maybe it's not possible for you or whatever the case might be. How did you get through that? Um, you know, I think for us it was so I listened to the Dave Ramsey show for about a year. And at that time, you know, that was starting when uh, Aaron and I were dating, and I think we were just about to get engaged. and. Then a year later, we kind of realized we're $107,000 in debt. But there had been a lot of conversations between us about that time in terms of our goals and really trying to understand. And then one day, we just kind of realized that, you know, uh, that this is something that we can do. And so it's the time aspect. We got really, really focused. 
Um, and I guess we only focused on that one specific goal. Any decision that we made and generally with our life had to do with that one specific goal of how we can uh, pay off this debt. And to actually make it applicable to us is that we just sat down, we did a budget for that month, and then we sat here and said, what can we do this week? It was as simple as that. It wasn't, how do we pay off $107,000? We had a kind of a general roadmap for how to do that. But it was just, what can I do this week towards that goal? And whenever I get that focused, that's when the success is able to happen in a very kind of incremental way. But man, it adds up. And, and I mentioned this, you know, we started our journey eight years ago, 33 months. And then I had those kind of three phases that I talked about. But it's just, it's not going to happen all at once. So if you're not really excited about hearing somebody talk about their success, then just know that one, you're not, we're not the same people. I, there's a lot of people I listen to that I'd love to have their success. And it's just, it's not necessarily going to happen, but I just got to focus on what I can specifically do this week to, to make an improvement. I think that's really smart to just break it down into that weekly focus of here's where we're headed. When you guys were paying off the debt, what were some of the bigger sacrifices you made? I think the first one for me was to stop eating out lunch, right? That's a simple one. Food is a category that most of us can cut back on unless you're already just scraping by. But, sure. you know, eating out, um, I think we reduced it to we basically said we would eat out one and a half times a week. So one restaurant and then maybe one more fast food type place. Okay. And um, and it, we so we gave us, you know, we didn't go scorched earth and say, well, you're never going to eat out for the next three years. It was just like, okay, how can we do this and then make the most of when we do eat out? So then it was an event. Okay, if we're going to go out this one weekend, what are we going to do? You know, if there were opportunities to be able to eat a free meal at a family member's house, then we really appreciated that free meal. Um, you know, we try to think the other big thing for me was I had to stop going to concerts. I went to a fair amount of concerts. Mm. Uh, I'm a big heavy metal fan. And so, uh, it, it's, it's always a great experience to be able to go to concerts, but you know, at 30 to $40 a piece once a month, I mean, it, it may not sound like a lot, but it was, uh, it was important to be able to step back and say like, you know, I'm just going to go to two or three concerts a year. And then same thing when you do it, you really appreciate it. You make the most of it when you do it. So it's not about it's absolutely not about depriving yourself. It's truly about finding what is it that you want. For us, it was we want to be debt free because we had these other goals. We wanted a house. We wanted to have a family and, you know, live off of one income and just simplify things. And so that was uh, that that made it easier to to give up eating out or, or concerts. That makes so much sense, too. And I love that you were heavy metal. I would never have thought that. It's quite the surprise. Like <laughs> totally. anyone that's ever worked with me is always surprised because I'm really into architecture and heavy metal. And over this last year, I've really gotten into Disney, like the Disney parks. I mean, I'm oh, all yeah? over the map and people are always a bit shocked about the whole heavy metal thing because I do not look like someone who listens to heavy metal. <laughs> no, but I freaking love it. I think it's yeah. hilarious. You're a very eclectic character, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the current financial goal that you're working on now? Hmm, that's a good question. I think the financial goal would be more so on the side hustle side. Um, I'd probably say trying to hit $10,000 a year in side hustles. So that and so we actually, I guess we have a couple. So that's the side hustle one. And generally, we're working on saving $25,000 a year in uh, just towards retirement or really in general, I'd, I'd say. Cool. So last year, we kind of beat it. This year, we're a little bit under. There's... Um, there's some reasons for that, just in terms of how we are accounting for stuff. We're giving more this year, so it's going to sure. pull away from the overall savings amount. So we separate our giving from 
saving, but uh, we'd definitely be over the seven or the, the twenty five thousand if we were adding in the the giving. That's so cool. I like the the ability to choose that too, and like decipher what's important to you at the moment. And of course, that changes from time to time. But having that flexibility with your budgeting to say this is important right now, I think that's really cool. So ten thousand dollars in side hustle income. Is this all ideally coming from your Etsy shop? Is that kind of the intention? Yeah, it's a combination. Of, mainly it's the Etsy shop. Um, you know, the blog has really only brought in a few hundred dollars in general, although I, that could potentially be changing. But could be. yeah, mainly it's that. And so actually, and then the other thing that was a little bit of a kick in the pants this year was that uh, a few months ago, I think in June or something, um, Julie from the Fire Drill podcast, who, you know, we had developed our Etsy shops together. Uh, as part of a mastermind that she'd held about a year and a half ago, she was de- launching a course and she came to me and said, hey, do you want to test the course? And then said, yeah, absolutely. I'll test it. And I hadn't been too involved with Etsy. And then she said, would you like to be to act basically act as an Etsy expert? So then, uh, you know, Whoa. I guess from that as well. And so, at the, you know, at first you don't really think of yourself that way, but then you start to realize like, actually, I, you know, I could do that. And, um, yeah, and so I've can. been doing that the last few months. So in combination, yeah, it's something. So I guess in a sense, you would just say, right, so like I have the shop, but then you're also consulting as an expert as well. So it's it's that combination. That's so, so freaking cool. I love yeah. this. Okay, so tell us about your specific Etsy shop. What do you sell? So my specific shop uh, focuses on mainly personal finance printables, such as, uh, you know, a debt tracker, debt thermometer, budget worksheet. But then we're also kind of branching out into like home organization or, uh, you know, fitness planners as well. So it's really kind of like, uh, you know, how to track, you know, your personal goals, whether it be just keeping the house tidy or, you know, if you're wanting to improve your your exercise and fitness or your money, it's all kind of generally related. So I love this. Okay. So let's break this down. If somebody wants to start their own shop and yours is called Modern Printable Shop, all one word. Etsy's kind of weird about that. So guys, go check it out. It's going to be linked in the show notes. But if somebody is looking at starting a shop, you chose to go more of that digital download route. Would you recommend that for other people or would you recommend people like physically create products and mail them out? Like, would you have any suggestions? So we've done both. We started with the digital download because that's that was more natural to me. Um, and I, what I like about the digital download focus specifically is that you make an item you know, you, you, and you, you're selling it as a PDF or a JPEG or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And because it's digital, you can sell it multiple times, right? And so the, the amount of time that you put into that one specific item can really have a long-term impact. And there's no reason why you can't go back and improve it or, or add more, but just that digital, um, that digital format really allows it to be something that can be much more passive. Got it. Okay. So for a digital download, it's like legitimately somebody goes onto Etsy, sees a, I don't know, like a debt thermometer tracker. I think that's one of your first products, yep. um, purchases that, and then they immediately get an email with the link or how does that work from their perspective? You get both. So yeah, if you're purchasing from Etsy, uh, you would get an email related to it. Um, but then also you should have, you know, in your, on the buyer side, you have an account and then you can go in and, and it'll show your, uh, your purchase as well as being able to download that right then. So let's say you don't get the email, which I would hope for Etsy's sake that everyone's email is getting through, yeah. but, uh, or maybe you misplaced it or you need to get that download again. Well, you can always go back and download those products again through oh, Etsy. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it, and uh, from the buyer side, I mean, that makes you feel a little bit better about it. 
Okay, so tell us, what are some of the Etsy shops that you see that maybe we wouldn't necessarily think are successful, but are actually potentially plausible? Um, you know, and I'll just say in general, there's a heavy focus on planners. So I've kind of focused on the the personal finance side, which does well. There's high engagement for it, as well as uh, not too much competition. But then just general life planners, I never realized how big of a deal that was. And so, and actually furthermore with the printables, you're thinking you're just getting digital shops or digital, right. um, digital products, you know, files, and you're just dealing with it on the computer. But a lot of people will print those out and use those as inserts for their own kind of personal journal, like a bullet journal and different paper sizes. I don't, there's a, huh. uh, that's actually a kind of a good strategy for, which maybe we'll get to later for increasing product sales is catering towards that audience. But, you know, there was a girl in our previous group who made funeral uh, template or like templates for funeral programs. And it's such an, uh, it's a unique, (laughs) unique niche, but there's definitely a need for it. You know, so if someone, you know, unfortunately is having to plan a funeral, you know, within not much time, you know, uh, this lady had provided these really beautifully designed templates that you could go in and you could put a picture of the person or change the information and then easily have a you know, a, a template that's going to, or, or a program that's going to really dignify that person's life. So, um, I'm trying to think what else. I always so, do the slime shops too. That was super popular for a while. Oh, I don't know about that. What is that? Oh God. Like it was like, I swear, like middle school people creating slime out of like, I don't oh, know, geez. Elmer's glue and whatnot. And they were selling it and making a killing off of slime. This was a thing. Interesting. I definitely think there's inability to be able to kind of recognize trends um, is really big and then being early to those trends that doesn't mean that that's the only way to have success i've had some success i think with that with the depth thermometer yep but um but what when you're in that trend if you're only in that trend it's you're gonna your life of your shop is going to be related to that trend but the ability to kind of adapt and grow once you're kind of in there is what's going to give you the ultimate success I think that's really smart. So let's break this down. If somebody wants to get started with an Etsy shop, what's step one? How do we at least get this thing off the ground? First thing you have to do is, well, I'd say just start making a shop and then identify um, a product specific. So I guess before you make your shop, um, I think it's important to make your shop early on just to not get too stuck into the research phase. Yeah. But but you should do some research specifically. And so... For me, it was uh, taking something that I developed elsewhere. I developed a depth thermometer for my blog. Uh, I had an article about it, and it was featured in Rockstar Finance, and that kind of give me gave me some indication that there was uh, that people thought it was interesting and that there was a desire for it. So I kind of knew that if I could probably sell this on Etsy um, in general. So anything that you generally know is pro- uh, is popular, that's good. Then on the other side of that, um, one of the reasons why I say start your shop early is because once you have a shop, you can use uh, an app called eRank, and that's how I do all of my kind of product research. And so you can basically go into eRank, you can search different keywords or topics, and it'll tell you how, uh, what kind of engagement that it gets, if there's high engagement on it or if there's low engagement, generally shows you the level of competition you have versus the engagement. And so um, I kind of lucked out in that personal finance products were didn't have too much competition mm-hmm. at the time. And there's more competition now, but didn't have too much competition versus the amount of engagement. 
And so that was really big for me. So identifying that, I think, is what's going to give you the most success. Okay. So when you say a high engagement, is this like a percentage that they show or how do we even recognize if it is high? Yeah. Um, they basically kind of show you whatever, let's say a, a scale of zero to a hundred. Uh-huh. And then if you're seeing it closer to a hundred, roughly just like in a bar format, okay. then, and they kind of have some colors that they associate it with like green, uh, green, orange, and red. So green is like, you're good. And so Got if it. it's really, really low and in the red, then I'd keep going. <laughs> Move away. <laughs> yeah. That's good advice. Okay. So we create our shop. Um, any suggestions? I, I know people get stuck too on like, what do I actually name my shop? Is there any thoughts that you have on that piece? So, um, yeah, a couple of thoughts. First thought is just go broad. It could be Kevin's shop or um, my case was Modern Principles shop. I knew I was going to do printables. And from a design aesthetic, I wanted them to be modern. But I didn't want to even say finance, and I'm glad I didn't, because then that would kind of allude that I would only do finance, and then someone would say, "Why is he doing a fitness planner?" You know, uh, so make it a bit more broad. And then the other thing is, you are able to change the name of your shop once, um, and hmm. maybe that'll change in the future with Etsy. But you know, so if you hate it and you need to rebrand, then you can always change it. Um, that would make sense if you had, if there was a real reason why you wanted to do that, or you could just open up a new shop, right? Got so, it. I mean, if you if you open up a shop and it doesn't go anywhere, there's no harm in either starting a new shop or or just redoing the whole thing, right? I mean, True. Does yeah. it cost money to open a shop? Um, I guess you could say it costs 20 cents, and that is uh, – and so there's a little bit of like a chicken or the egg thing, sure. if that makes sense, and that you – in order to open a shop, you have to have a product. And once you – to, to fully open it, um, you essentially list your product and that listing costs you 20 cents. Okay. So that's why I say it costs you 20 cents. Um, then, um, and then that's also where I think just having the shop open and having that product, you can then get into E-Rank and start to evaluate uh, well, not only that product as well as um, just Etsy and your competitors and everything as a whole. That's awesome. Is E-Rank, is that a paid service? So there's uh, a free version, which I would absolutely, that's what you should start with. They also have a pro version that's like $9.99 a month, I believe. And uh, I ended up purchasing that a few months ago. It has some additional features, but for just starting out, I would stick with the free version and um, because you'll be able to do your key re- keyword research. Uh, if you just type in, you know, you type in debt thermometer, it'll show you exactly all the metrics related to debt thermometer or, or finance bundle or, you know, Dave Ramsey is a very popular keyword for us. I wouldn't have really guessed it, but uh, um, oh no, kidding! it just so happens because there's tons of people that, so speaking of, uh, so there's a lot of, um, so there's, so we have the, the digital products for that. We have Dave Ramsey as a keyword, but then also there's a lot of people that make physical, um, what is it? The, the envelopes, the, Oh, um, that's right. The envelope system that he has. So I know he will sell some, but then people also uh, go on in there and buy their designed envelope systems. And so there's a lot of physical products for that. That's incredible too. Yeah. One of my, one of my friends, Kamiko, she was on the show not that long ago. That was one of her, her biggest products is selling envelopes. And it, it's so cool. I think it's amazing. Um, but that's interesting to hear. Okay. So we open up our shop. We have started to go through E-Rank. We've found maybe an area we want to create, and we're going to assume it's digital downloads in this case. Um, so we're going to create our stuff. We're not graphic designers, Kevin. How do we actually get this thing off the ground? So the thing to know, and this is where I mentioned the word incremental improvement, it's it's all about incremental improvement. 
Okay, so just getting your shop up, just doing the research, just that first item, that's a huge step. All right, so then how can you branch out to new items, right? Because when you do that first item, you may not have done the research to even know if it's successful. Mm -hmm. So I would say continue to do your research. Um, just know that you can change that first product. So I think it's best to just do that, start developing a few more products, because you, know, you want to start to see what's going to get some sort of a sale. Mm -hmm. And... Um, if you can, I mean, just even one sale, like within the first, you know, few weeks is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is. And so keep going on that. Um, okay. So see what's selling and see what's resonating. If nothing's selling, then try something else. Doesn't mean you have to pull down those past products because it's all digital. It's, it's not really uh, much of a burden on you to have that on there. And, um, but you can always revise the graphics. And so I think the specifically with digital products, you're selling the product, but you're really selling what the product is going to do for you. And the, I guess, I don't want to say life, I guess lifestyle of what it's going to, to kind of give to you in a sense. Mm -hmm. So typically the best selling digital products, uh, and this is actually an area where I feel like I could go back and approve upon, um, one more time, but, uh, you know, you're establishing some sort of kind of, uh, you know, they digitally, they just look really good. They graphically look really good. So if you're not a digital design, uh, graphic designer, I'd say one, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm an architect and I have skills and the Adobe and I can design a building, but graphic design is kind of a different thing. Uh, so I, I, but I do have a little bit of an edge maybe compared to others, but I can't tell you how, uh, impressed I am by seeing others that have no formal design training whatsoever come in and do uh, good work. And so the best way to do good work is to one, be critical and, and to be willing to kind of push yourself, but then two, it is to understand what good work is. So part of your research, besides being on E-Rank, that's one aspect, but then you just need to get out there on Etsy, just see what's popular, see, find shops that appeal to you and that have a high number of sales because every single shop that you go to, it'll tell you the number of sales uh, it has. And so those specific sales actually relate to individual items. Mm -hmm. So if a shop has a hundred, and you can also base it off of uh, when they started. So if like, I think recently I came across a shop that had like 27,000 sales in the last couple of years, if, if that, it was like, oh my gosh, I need to study this shop, you know? So uh, I'll be working on that. But um, yeah, so it's basically just finding those shops and then graphically seeing what works for you. There's a, a ton of resources that uh, make it easier to do well in terms of the graphics. There's Creative Market uh, where you can go and you can purchase for a few dollars different graphics that you can use. Um, those are really popular. I mean, you heavily see them throughout. Um, you can use, you can go to like a, a site like Pixabay or Pexels and get backgrounds for images to use. So you can get an image of a desk in, in the case of something that I do. And then you can put your, you know, a snapshot of your, of what it is that you made on that desk. And then, yeah. you know, kind of arrange a scene that'll, that'll make it look good. So, so there's definitely resources out there by designers that'll make your life easier. Um, you know, you just have to find those resources. So. Are you a Canva guy too? Do you use that at all? So I use Canva for Pinterest for making pins, but mm -hmm. I don't use it for the printables. Um, in the Facebook course, uh, a lot of, you know, we definitely provide a lot of support for uh, Canva specifically and making that stuff. And, and 
you know, you can make a lot of great items on there. And there's other stuff. There's PicMonkey, which I think, I think PicMonkey you have to pay for. But there's there are some other free programs out there. Okay. And, uh, you know, you could always do a trial of – I wouldn't necessarily jump into like Adobe Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign if you don't know them. But uh, if you did know them and you didn't have access to them, then there are some trials that you can get. Uh, and you can maybe just try to produce a bunch of stuff at once. I mean, that's the thing that's interesting about with all these digital the digital uh, products is that it's not like you're constantly having to make them, right? So you make them sure. once. So let's say you make a handful over the weekend and then you get them listed and you can just let it ride for a few months. If they're if they're selling, you can you can just have the the shop just pretty much just be going on its own. I've heavily done that for the strong majority of the time I've been on Etsy. That's so cool. Okay, so we get our our product images created. We get our actual images created or our uh, downloadables, and then when we start to list them, ideally we have an eye catching image because, like you said, we've been studying other shops and seeing what really stands out and what doesn't. So then what is our next step? Any suggestions on listing? How important is the description? How do we structure our headlines? Like all of that stuff that just seems super overwhelming. Yeah, there's a couple things that I'll recommend. The first is make your headline very clear. I've had pretty good luck with putting, I trying to remember how many characters you get. It was kind of like a Twitter thing, maybe 140 characters. I'm not sure, yeah. but I stuffed the crap out of my headlines. <laughs> That's not necessarily recommended, but the first through, but it's worked for me. So I'm not going to mess with it. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, screw myself up, but, um, you know, so if I'm selling a debt thermometer, the first thing is debt thermometer printable, right? You want to get the word printable or the fact that it's digital kind of upfront. So it's just making it very clear. Um, and then in the description, the descriptions one, it's a way to describe the product, and so you'd want to do that kind of right away. But then it's also um, something that you want to be able to clearly state in there exactly what they're getting. Okay. So saying it's a digital item only is really important. Um, that was kind of a concern in the beginning when I started. But honestly, I've never had an issue uh, just by writing, you know, digital only. And then any sort of other stipulations such as for debt thermometers and editable stuff, there's, you know, I need people to download Adobe uh, there's some instructions in there that make my life easier by not having to ask answer questions after someone's purchased it. So I've kind of learned to put that in there. But in order to get your product out there, the best way that I found is to uh, advertise on Etsy. And they have a, a very simple, they've actually simplified it recently, and I'm still having just as good as results as I was having before. But um, you basically decide I'm going to, you know, pay I think you can start at $1 and then go up. I would just start at a dollar a day and, you know, advertise it. And then when someone search, if someone searches death thermometer, uh, I actually don't advertise my death thermometer because it naturally pops up anyways at the top, but you basically can buy your, your opportunity to have your product show up in the first four slots. And then they start showing the other uh, products that are more popular and then they sprinkle kind of advertisements in there in general. So advertising is really critical. And the best success you're going to have in advertising is when you're advertising higher price products. So right now, um, so I have the death thermometer, but I have a bunch of them in a death thermometer bundle. I've got a budget planner itself and a monthly bill tracker and debt tracker and all of that. But then I sell those as a finance bundle. And so I sell the finance bundle, my fitness bundle for about $10 each. And okay. it's easier to 
the math just works better when you have a higher price item if you're spending at least a dollar a day. I spend about four dollars. I just upped it to four fifty a day. Whoa, and big what I'm money, finding, man. You know, it is, and it, it's kind of scary. It's all. Um, <laughs> It's actually just a good point with that because it's that, that whole incremental process. When I started my shop, it's like, I'm not going to spend money on this. When I started right. my blog before that, it's like, I'm not going to invest at all. <laughs> but as you make money, you realize like, you know, it's okay to invest that yeah. $10 a month in E-Ring Pro. It's not a big deal, right? right? And so it's just that mindset. So yeah, I just bumped it up to $450 a day and I only advertise my finance bundle and my fitness bundle. I think it's okay in the beginning to advertise everything, but uh Advertising a $2 item, an item that you sell for $2 versus a $10 item, it's going to be difficult. And so I think that's actually something that's more specific towards the digital side because, um, you know, everything that I've done is basically in the 2 to $10 range, essentially. So That's so budget-friendly, too. I, I love that the barrier to entry for this is very slim. It's like anybody that has somewhat of a cool, unique take on a product idea can just go out there, throw a couple bucks at it and see what happens. Like this is awesome stuff. When you're setting up your ads, Kevin, how does it, are you targeting keywords? Is that you're, you're speculating? I think people might search for Dave Ramsey death thermometer. So is that like how you would structure it? So that's how they would find it. That's how they would find you. But they've made advertising so simple now that you literally have, there's a couple parameters. The first one is how much you're willing to spend a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just started a dollar when I originally did it and then what products you want to advertise and that's it. All of the keywords. So when you, you're doing your actual listing, we haven't really talked about keywords too much, but, um, you know, it's the, the title, the description, and then you have 13 keywords that you're able to input. That's you, you're doing that on the item and that's where you're, you're hopefully, hopefully having people find you essentially. So that's a really important aspect with the advertising. You're just saying when somebody searches Dave Ramsey death thermometer, um, that you would be put to the top over someone who's not advertising essentially. And what I'm finding with my advertisements is it makes sense for me to advertise and to continue to push that because I said, I'm spending about $4 a day on that. I'm finding about three and a half, I'm making an RI about three and a half times greater than that. So that's awesome. So if I have, yeah, so if it's about a hundred dollars, then I would be making about $350 in sales off of that. That's so cool. Okay. So you mentioned keywords and I know that keywords are super, super important for Etsy shops. So how do we even start to research keywords that we would maybe include in our titles and our descriptions or even in our searchable terms? Like how do we even get to that point to see what people are searching for? Yeah, I think, so there's really three ways. The first way is just how would you search for it? How do you know it by? What are the terms that you use to be able to describe this product, right? So just that. And how would someone that you know, how what they what would they search for? Second thing is to find your competitors that are the top sellers. And at the very bottom of their page, um, it shows, it's kind of got, <clears throat> it doesn't necessarily say keywords, but it's got a like uh, at least 13 words mm. and it'll list the category that it's kind of in. And then then you'll find 13 keywords that they use. And so not so I just pull from their keywords as applicable to my product. I'll actually be, I'll probably open up three or four different products specifically and I'll just see what's the best. Then the next thing in there is to go into E-Rank and to type all those keywords in and to see what's popular. So, right. So you're, it's not just, you're not necessarily developing your keywords at the very end. It's probably something that you're actually probably coming full circle on it where you're going back to that keyword research that you did to make you decide that you actually want to make this product that you think it'll be successful. And then you would, 
then take those keywords that were successful and then put them in at the bottom. And then you want to diversify as much as possible. So, you know, if you're doing the finance bundle, if every single little thing is money, 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 finance, 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 uh, just different versions of that. You probably don't need to do that, but that's where finding like a Dave Ramsey. I don't know if I put a Suze Orman or someone. I don't, sure. I never really seen Fire or Mr. Money Mustache be popular on there, but Dave Ramsey in particular seems to resonate. So there's always something like that. I think on my fitness bundle, you know, I use the term Weight Watchers. Not oh, that yeah. it has anything to do with it, but someone who's on Weight Watchers might actually, you know, be looking for um, a calorie log essentially. So. That is so interesting. Okay. So then we can start to promote our listings for a dollar a day just to see. And then what are we, when we're promoting our listings and ideally it's a slightly higher price uh, product where it's like maybe 10 to 15 bucks if it's a printable, but how do we, how do we measure if this is actually working? Is it strictly just the number of sales? Is it clicks? Like what, what are you looking for? So, um, and I, I'm glad you mentioned clicks. So when you advertise, all that you pay for is clicks. And so if you if no one's clicking on your product, then you don't have to pay for it. Mm. Um, but if people are clicking on your product, then they're coming to your product. Essentially what you're looking for would be the conversions, right? You're going to the sales because at the end of the day, you still have to make the money. So every day, pretty much, I'm in there checking to make sure that I'm that uh, if I have a bad day, it's fine, but I'm looking at the trend of the last week, the last month, overall, you know, stick, you know, kind of seeing that I'm about three point times. Um, you know, making three and a half dollars from what I initially invest. And so they give you those metrics. They're very easy to see. Um, I always, I look at the very, uh, I look at today, this week, month, I'm looking at all of the trends to kind of generally see where I'm at. Um, I also will calculate my conversion rate. So if you can convert higher, so let's say you get a hundred clicks. If two of them purchase your product, your average if three or four of them purchase your product, then you're doing really good. And so I've fortunately been in the, and I'm, you know, and then from there, if you can be higher, that's really amazing. But I tend to be in the uh, three to 4% range of conversion. So I'm always doing the math on how many people, they also give you something called impressions. So that's roughly how many people were seeing it. And that can be in the thousands. And then, um, you know, then it's in the hundreds of clicks and then, you know, okay. a handful for the, so you're always trying to make sure that you're over 2%, but do the math, you know, divide the number of clicks by impressions, and then you'll see what your percentage is, divide the number of sales by the clicks, and you'll see where you're at. Okay. So like three to 4% is where we should be aiming. And if we, maybe we've ran an ad for say two weeks and we have lots of clicks, but no purchases, what would you, if you, you saw that in your own shop, what would you do to try to troubleshoot that? So that means that they like, you're doing something right in your title. It means that you're probably doing something right on your listing image. So then it's, there's something after that point that isn't resonating with them. Maybe there's something you need to clarify in the descriptions. You could probably dig in and you, the, Etsy will also tell you what keywords people are searching and finding your product with. Oh, and cool. so maybe someone's I mean, there's a few factors, you know, maybe the rest of your listing images aren't that great. You need to improve those. Uh, but it could just be that people are coming to your, your, your product because they think it's interesting, but it's not really what they're looking for. So I had that instance where I, I had a monthly bill tracker. Um, uh, it was how we track our bills. You know, I still use it actually. And, uh, and it was just something that I put up there. And one of my keywords was budget planner. 
or budget or something like that. Because, right, I mean, it makes sense if you do a budget that you need to track your bills. But right. people were clicking on the budget for that and they weren't buying the product. That told me I needed to make a budget planner. Uh, and I actually hate, I'm not really a big fan of budgeting. Like it doesn't really interest me. I know that might sound weird, but, uh, but people are searching for it because when people think personal finance and getting their finances on track, they think a budget, right? Always, and yep. so, and you got to do it. We wouldn't be where we're at if we weren't doing it, but nonetheless, I made a budget planner and, and kind of adjusted my keywords and then sure enough that I was getting people to the budget planner because my graphics are very similar and took the same approach. And then that's when things started to balance. Whoa. Okay. So tell me, how long has your shop been open officially? So we're at about 19 months right now. Got it. Okay. So you've got plenty of data to go off of. Yeah. Uh, give us some context. I know this is so situational for everyone's shops that are, they're all very unique and kind of in their own niche. But if somebody were to take all of the tips that you've shared today and created their own shop, w- revenue wise, like what, what are you sitting at today? How, what, what can we maybe strive for in the future? So uh, the last few months have been uh, really good. Um, actually, my biggest month was in in January, uh, where I actually had over fifteen hundred dollars in sales in one week. Or was it in January? Uh, I think I had an eight hundred dollar week, right? Because it's um, we do per- personal finance. At that time, I didn't even have the fitness planner on there, but personal finance people, New Year's resolutions, they're searching for a way to be able to um, improve their finances, and so and so that's helped me get to. I just crossed the ten thousand dollar gross revenue mark. Whoa, dude. Congrats. And so, yeah. And I think at the end of last year, so about, I don't know, whatever, uh, let's say nine months in, I was about 3000. So this year has kind of doubled in sales and that's huh. what I'm starting to kind of find. And I haven't actually added too much. I added the fitness bundle and maybe, um, yeah, that was really the only big one. So I added another bundle. And so what I'm finding is that Let's say if I sold $400 worth of products in August of the previous year, then now all of a sudden I'm at eight or $900. And so um, part of it's, I think Etsy recognizes, you know, that you've been around and people seem to like it. And then just adding those additional pieces. And so when I added the finance or the, the fitness bundle, I think that might've been in August, you know, instead of expecting maybe six or $700 a month, let's say five or $600 a month, it was eight or $900. Um, of that, so I think I'm at about like 10,200 on gross sales. I think I'm just under $8,000 on actual profit. So I am paying for the advertising and I've yeah. probably paid $100, hundreds of dollars in advertising as well as additional fees that they take out. Um, and we haven't gotten into fees, but bundles are good because they reduce the amount of fees that you pay uh, on the smaller, the, the, a $2 item you can like 40% of your profit, or I should say of the cost is going towards fees. Whereas like yeah. a $10 item, it's closer to like 15% or something. So got it. So it's a lot more profit if you do the bundles. Yes. Yep. Okay. So would you only do bundles or would you still have the individual products? So I've seen, uh, I think there's a good example. Uh, I believe it's Michelle Rohr, the secret owl society. She has four bundles and <laughs> Uh, she's done really well. She's done better than me. Um, so there's a model there. Most people probably do what I do and it's that I made the individual items and then I bundled them. Um, but I, for the fitness planner that I put up a few months ago, that specifically is only available in a bundle. Um, so I think you can do both. 
That's awesome. I'm totally digging this. And so just to give everybody some context too, I have an Etsy shop because I was inspired by Kevin and Julie, their stories. I was like, what? This is amazing. So I have one as well where I sell bucket list printables. So it's like what to do during the fall, December, I mean, winter, like all of these different seasons and then like national parks and states and all that kind of stuff. And I don't advertise right now. I've done it previously. I'm not doing much of it right now, but it still brings in about, I mean, I'd say like 15 to 30 bucks a month, very, very passively. So this stuff is, it's pretty sweet. That's enough to buy my coffee, which I'm stoked about. Yeah. And you know, uh, depending where you're at, I mean, 15 to $30 is enough to give you confidence, right? Yeah. That you could do, take that next step. Like, obviously you have other things going on. I mean, I think you, I think I saw you put it up like in a weekend or something. And I was, and I don't know <laughs> I if you have any graphic skills, but I was really impressed with the quality of your images you, and, um, <laughs> and you know, you had a theme around it and, um, I didn't realize that's great that you're, you know, 15 to $30. So yeah, and it's, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So do you have notifications on? So if you get a notification, do you hear the dollar sign? No, I or, need to the, though. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so much that. fun. I'll be yeah. out. I've been in like meetings at work and maybe if I left my um, <laughs> ringer on accidentally, all of a sudden I'll hear a dollar sign. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm making money outside of making money. You know, that's the best, right? I think it's yeah. such a cool, and I, I love that your shop has done so well. And I, I say your shop has done well. I know you're in the back end, always like tweaking and improving. So you're definitely putting in the time and energy to make it happen. But how many hours would you say you spend on your shop per week? Um, jeez. Oh, I mean, not much. I'm going to be honest. I mean, yeah. so in the beginning, I spent about three months and I, every week I was putting up a few items. I mean, let's say 10, closer to 10, but in the 10 to 20 hour range. Um, when I, at the very beginning, let's say those first three months, then for a long time, I let it sit. And the only time I would put in would be for answering questions from buyers um, or potential buyers. And so that might be one or two hours a week. So if I'm not making anything, it's extremely passive. That's so freaking cool. I love this. I think this is amazing. Give everybody listening a challenge. If they're interested in an Etsy shop, what should they do next? Aside from signing up for Gold City Ventures Etsy class, like this is amazing. I know Julie's done such a great job with it and you are a testament to that as well. So besides that, give us a challenge. What can we do? I think the first thing is find, if it's going to be a side hustle, you want to enjoy it, find a product, you know, find something in your life that you enjoy and find a way to be able to monetize it as a, as a product specifically. I think that's going to be the big thing. I think that's really smart too. I really do appreciate that. Okay, Kevin, before we officially part ways, I think we've covered a ton of ground here, but are you down for some rapid fire questions? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So my first question for you is what is one purchase you recently made that has made your life better? So if we'd recorded a while ago, I would have said the mastermind purchase, but since that's outside of the year. So what I'm going to go with is uh, about a year ago, Aaron and I, uh, right before FinCon, we spent like $500 to go to Disney World for a day. We did a whole like 18-hour thing. And that experience, um, I mentioned Disney earlier. We're a giant fan of parks. I actually just started a blog on Disney what? parks. and specifically related to uh, uh, using travel rewards. We're actually going to go to Disney in uh, like a, less than a month for free, $5,000 of travel. Holy and shit. if it wasn't for the fact that we were willing to just say like, you know what, let's spend a few hundred dollars um, – in addition, and just have fun this day, then this last year of my life wouldn't have been so obsessed on Disney. So 
uh, I think we spent, yeah, it was, it was a good, a good chunk of money for the tickets, like just one day tickets. It's, it's not cheap, No, it's but not. I'm so glad that, that we did it. So it's kind of a unique purchase. Uh, I don't necessarily buy a ton of stuff because I'm always more so focused on doing rather than buying something, but I hear that. Yeah. Spoken like a true debt-free person, man. (laughs) Okay. So my next question for you, I personally am obsessed with people's morning routines. I just find them so interesting. So what is your current morning routine? Uh, I think you caught me on a good, uh, a good swing. So I tend to, I'm now back on the swing where I wake up about like between five and five 30, try to get into work around eight I've had it the other way around where I can, I struggle to get into work at like nine 30 or 10, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I'll, I'll wake up to maybe it takes me about an hour to get ready. I'll have a shake. Uh, I always like it when, uh, once the kids wake up, spend a little bit of time with them. Uh, I'm usually doing some sort of research on seeing where my Etsy sales are or some, something, whether it's, you know, focusing on another credit card to get for travel rewards or, something that relates to the side hustles. So then by the time I get into work, I've probably been up for a good three or four hours and then I've got to get into that mindset. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. And you and mentioned I'll this also shake. say that I'll, uh, yeah, I can talk about, uh, it's like a protein shake that we've been okay. putting pineapple in and, and almond milk. Um, so I just kind of have a liquid diet more in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems easy enough to kind of do. And, uh, and I like it. I tend to be someone who does a lot of I eat the same thing over and over and over until I get sick of it, and then I'll switch to something else. <laughs> and, and actually, it's not just a shake, but Erin really got into kefir, uh, oh, yeah. the probiotic. And so she makes kefir, and so we go through about a mason jar a day. Um, oh, my gosh. At least a couple of us. I don't even know if Erin drinks it anymore, but I drink it. I'll have it every morning. I'll, I'll put some cranberry juice in there as well. So I'll have the kefir and then that protein shake. That is so awesome. Like an ultra-healthy morning, man. Yeah. And then the one additional thing I'll say about my morning routine is um, I've as much as possible when I'm driving into work, I'm always listening to a podcast. Lately, it's been a lot of Disney podcasts, to be honest. I kind of got burnt out on personal <laughs> finance this I last year, uh, which hasn't really been good for my personal finance goals. But um, <laughs> but that or I'll listen to an audible, uh, you know, a book such as um, Atomic Habits or uh, right now I'm listening to the Steve Jobs book. Just listen to the Bob Iger book. Uh, who's the CEO of Disney. Um, but a lot of like, kind of like personal development type motivational type books. I love listening to those on my way into work. That's so cool. I love that. And my next question for you is where is one location you're dying to travel to? You know, I still really want to, I also really like the national parks quite a bit. And yeah. I would say, I guess if it, either Yosemite or Yellowstone, I'd probably put Yellowstone as more of a unique opportunity. I know it's super touristy, but uh, just seems like such a unique landscape. And I really have the desire to do a kind of a big, like multi-generational family trip, uh, driving from Phoenix up to Yellowstone, hitting, you know, some of the other national parks in between on the way and do a really, really big trip, you know, multi-week trip, ideally. So. Oh, heck yes. That'd be so much fun going up through Utah and hitting all the, the Southern Utah parks. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's really some amazing ones. I yeah. know. I love that. Okay. Last question for you, my friend, in your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? I think focus and passion. So it's not just one for me. It's just like focusing on one thing and then in conjunction with that, having a passion for that. If you don't really have a passion for savings roles, then I guess I would say being automatic. 
So I mentioned like I haven't been as into the personal finance stuff lately. And so the only reason we'll even get close to saving $25,000 this year is because I'm pulling out as much as possible my, my paycheck just automatically. So I guess that's three things. But for me, the first kicker is uh, finding a passion and a desire to do it. Then it's focusing on one specific thing. And then uh, particularly for like savings and investing, man, you've really got to just that automatic um, process is really going to be key because you can you only have so much energy and especially long term, like for the debt, it was easier for me to be super intense about it for those 33 months. But uh, when I'm trying to be intense about side hustles, I can't be equally intense about the personal finance and have a family and work and all that stuff. Right. So the automatic, (laughs) the automatic thing. Oh, my gosh, it's 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 such a. I don't know. It's almost like what is it, like a miracle work or something. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it's really it really good, is. So. Know, so that's so cool. I love that piece of advice. I think that's awesome. Kevin, this has been so much fun to hang out with you and just get to chat with you again. For everybody listening in, where should they go to hang out with you and learn more about your work? Uh, oh, a few different places. So if you want to hear more about our story on paying off debt, you can go to Debt Free Happens. If you want to check out my Etsy shop, you can go to uh, Modern Printable Shop. Um, and then also um, debt free happens. I have a review that I did of the gold city ventures and I have a YouTube review and you can see kind of a look into the the course, you know, just on the back end of it. And then just recently launched, like I literally just pushed out an article, uh, a night ago is uh, magic money mouse, where we'll be sharing, uh, how we're going to Disney world for free and really trying to, to provide kind of next level tips for, uh, doing a trip to Disney specifically, um, for, not like 3% off or 5% off, but let's do 25, 50, 100% mm-hmm. off, right? So those big tips. So, I love it. So Magic Money Mouse. So, yeah. Magic Money Mouse. I didn't know you had this this website now. I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah, I never, There honestly, there is a point where I'm like, I'm never telling anyone to ever do a blog. I'm never going to. <laughs> and I honestly, <laughs> I was actually going to do a Disney-focused Etsy shop, but with copyright specifically and trademark, mm. I really didn't want to get into creating something that could potentially be taken down. And so I kind of ended up settling on like, well, fine, I'll just do another blog because of my past experience. Like, I know I can do this. And this time around, I can probably make money on it, actually. Oh, heck yeah, you can. (laughs) Absolutely, you can. That is incredible. Kevin, thank you again for your time. Give Aaron a big hug for me, too. But I'm so grateful you had the chance to come on the show and chat with all of the Etsy stuff. I know it was super informative. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. It's always good talking to you. And, you know, thanks so much for letting me go to talk about all my diverse interests. I love it. You are definitely eclectic, my friend, but that's why we love you. Great. I appreciate it. Okay. What'd you think? Did this totally make you want to go start your own Etsy shop? I know it did me as well, which is why I did start my own Etsy shop. After talking with Kevin, I was inspired to begin my own. You can search for mine. Mine's called the Bucket List Printables. And on my store, I sell seasonal things to do, like what to do in the fall, winter, spring, summer, all that stuff. And then I also sell national park and state checklists. Now I'm going to be really honest. My Etsy shop isn't like a total money maker, but it brings in about 20 to $30 per month. And this is truly one 100% passive. So it's really fun. If you have enjoyed this episode, then screenshot it and tag me on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're also having an amazing week and I will talk to you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Bye.